are listening to episode 148 of G.I. Joeberg. My name is Steve. I'm joined by my boys Paul and Cujo. But tonight, it's all about Action Force. G.I. Joeberg is taking a trip into Valorverse with none other than Bobby Valor. Good day, Bobby. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me. Very excited to be on the show. It's been a long time coming, man, ah. but you are a, a busy, busy man. <laughs> a little but, bit, a little bit. But I'm glad the timing worked out like it did, because we've got stuff to talk about, man. Action Force is in full swing. Is it too early to ask a question like, how's it been to put your stuff out there, you know? Like, every creative has to kind of like, okay, maybe, maybe I got the pull. You know, I don't know. How's it been for you? It's it's interesting. You, you never you never really know for sure. Um, you know, it's like I knew that that people kind of knew who I was from you know my, my days on Marvel Legends at Hasbro, and then you know being on the Joe brand for a little bit. Uh, you know, doing work for the club. But you you never really know. Like you know, I was developing this this line, thinking like, well, I don't know if it's going to be big, and the only way to kind of know is by putting yourself out there. So. It's uh, it's definitely an eye-opening experience, you know. Um, the reception was much bigger than I expected right off the bat. I mean, I think when I launched the Kickstarter, I think I had like 700 Instagram followers, and now I think I'm up to 1,200. So it's it's it got pretty crazy really fast. Uh, so that was that was great. Um, it, it's it's been mostly positive so far. But you know, it's 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 tough, just like anything is. You know, you're never gonna be able to please everybody um you know i know that from my hasbro days there's always going to be critics and you know people that have their own opinion or people that just it's not their cup of tea so you know it's hard to kind of you know because I, I read i go on the message boards and i read all the comments and you know i i reply to everyone on my social media accounts and through the kickstarter um and a little bit on the message boards on some of the other you know third-party sites um, but it's it's hard to, to hear some stuff sometimes because, you know, you, you put so much of yourself into this that, you know, when someone's like kind of hating on it, you, you tend to like take it personally. And it's like, wow, like, you know, does this person understand like what I put into this? And a lot of people, it's a lot of like times where people are just misinformed about things and don't really stop and think about, oh, wow, this was actually someone's project that they put months and months and you know, thousands of dollars into, you know, so let me just think about how I want to, you know, want to phrase something, but it's, it's, it's fine. You know, like I said, uh, I know you can't please everyone, but the, the majority, I would say it's 10% negative, but 90% positive. So the 90% positive is outstanding. People have been sharing everything, which is great. We're in, you know, the social media age where, you put something out there and all of a sudden a thousand people share it and then that gets shared to another thousand people. And it's, it's great that everyone's been so supportive of it. And I can't thank everyone enough for being supportive. You know, you guys have been incredibly supportive. So I want to thank you guys for that. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been great so far. Bobby, I think yours is a textbook example of how to run a Kickstarter, to be honest. I mean, there is, such a great line of communication i think a direct one and of course it's a double-edged sword and if there are criticisms you know that 10 percent have an equal kind of soapbox to the 90 percent that absolutely adore everything that you do but you've listened to the public so attentively i mean i just i always come back to the example about putting in the butterfly joints 
Now that's something that like you weren't necessarily on board with. You were like, mm, maybe if it was a sniper, sniper type uh, 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 character class, then it would be more useful. But like to do it across the board, not really. I mean, you, you, you cited, I think it was on full force. You were saying like, you know, in your experience with Marvel Legends, that joint, you, you know, you weren't the biggest fan, but because the public demanded it, you were like, cool, yeah. we're all in. We're going to do it. Yeah, because I've said from the start, this this line isn't just for me. Like this, it's it's not even for me. It's for everyone. So I want to make sure that the line that I create is something that the majority of people will be happy with. And I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I put out the best product possible. So yes, I'm willing to do things that you know I I don't particularly like to make a better product. And yeah, I I use butterfly joints on Marvel Legends, but it was a case by case scenario and it was just something I just didn't like aesthetically. But, you know, I realized if you wanted to get these figures in, you know, the, the, that combat grip pistol pose, you needed those butterfly joints. And, you know, no one's ever really done a poll on one joint versus the other. So I, I said, shoot, let me just put it out there. And I put it out there and it, I couldn't believe the, you know, the, how many people came out to give their feedback. And, the response was pretty overwhelmingly positive for butterfly joints. So I said, Hey, you know what? This is how you get better. You, you know, you learn, you don't just get better just because you get better. You get better just by learning. So I'm always, yeah. So I'm, I'm always learning. I've been in the toy industry for 12 years and I, you know, I'm still learning and that's great. So, you know, taking feedback from the consumers, the people that are buying your product is incredibly important. So that was a, a, a great case, and I was glad that it all worked out because I think the figures look much better for it. Go you for actually trying to get an understanding of what people do prefer. I mean, I know it from my days uh, of working in the comic store and ordering from the previews guy and whatever. And, you know, uh, you never really know, like, what articulation is going to make a figure work? You know, I I remember the old uh, Marvel Select stuff that was done through. I think it was DC Direct that was doing it at the time. I mean, not DC Direct, the Diamond Direct or whatever. And a lot of people would be like, "Oh, this figure's great," but I really hate those big round shoulders, you know, and they would never buy them. And I always thought, like, do these guys do market research on this? Like, what kind of market research is done? And you fully embraced uh, social media because, and that's something. And I don't want to like um, throw too much shade at them, but that's something <coughs> Hasbro uh, hasn't really done much of, or doesn't really understand how that works. And that's why we got five points of articulation Joes at some point. Yeah. Uh, um, so yes, thank you. Thank. I mean, thank you for listening to us as fans of toys and and making that a thing, not just assuming you know what we want. You know, like of actually course, asking. Of course, that's uh, that's my pleasure. I mean, even being at Hasbro was incredibly helpful to even learn that stuff because on Legends they didn't really do double elbows on females. And I remember at Comic Con every year I would hear it from you know the fans all the time and. My boss, he would get the most flack for it because he wasn't putting the double elbows on females. And his figures were coming out with double elbows, and everyone else was doing it. So I knew when I did this line, I said the females have to have double elbow joints uh, just because I want them to be consistent with the males. Um, but it was, it, you know, it could be done. It's, you know, it wasn't – I always found it interesting that they never did it. Uh, you know, it was probably for a combination of costing and, you know, other aspects of it. But – you know, now they're starting to do it. They're starting to incorporate it into the newly tooled female figures. But I knew from the very start that the females had to have double elbows. Smart man. 
<laughs> totally. Uh, because they have to hold guns properly as well. And that's of other course. Yeah. Yo, guys. Well, I want to zoom out a little bit and just say that you've kind of encompassed quite a lot with Action Force. It's not just action figures for the sake of action figures. You've created a narrative around them as well. I think that's something that, that uh, a lot of people might not be aware of. I mean, unless you've gone to Valiverse, read through the website, which is very spiffily designed, might I say. Nice job. Complete with, you know, an incredible breakdown. I mean, it's something that you would never get from the big boys in in toy toy companies. You know, like the breakdown of parts usage and, like, just all your sheets. Like, I I don't even know what the technical terms are, but, like, it's pretty, pretty comprehensive. But along with it comes this very, very well-worked-out story, which kind of tells... Tells the tale of like a almost a neo-apocalyptic United States that's kind of fractured into these various <laughs> warring, self-governed nations. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, man. I just wanted to. I mean, going back, like I I knew when I was creating this line that I, I wanted it to be a, a a line that had depth and had story and it had a narrative to it because I didn't want you like you know there's other other you know people out there that have done successful Kickstarters launch lines where it was, you know, mostly a customizable figure, um, you know, with a little backstory, but I wanted this to be basically what GI Joe was. They had in, in an in-depth story and all their characters had IOs and you can read about them and they, they were actually individuals. Um, so that was very important to me from the start, uh, you know, just as important as creating cool looking figures. I wanted, uh, you know, an interesting story and interesting characters. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I spent some time coming up the story. I knew I wanted it to be something not in the too distant future, but looking at, you know, the, the shape of the, the landscape of how things are, are currently being perceived in the country and like, oh, well, what if this happened? And just, you know, almost like a little alternate reality kind of thing. And I like the idea of not just a clear, like, good guy versus bad guy. It's more factions. Mm. Uh, so that's why it's it's a lot of, you know, different fundamentals uh, and stuff like that. Uh, you know, G.I. Joe had that, the Dreadnoughts, and, you know, you had Cobra and you had Joe, but then you had all these different sub-teams. And I wanted it, that to be a little more extreme with the sub-series, uh, with the sub-team. So these factions are, are, they're all against each other because every state is now its own republic. So I felt like there was a lot of uh, option to to go more in depth with a, with a storyline and, and be able to develop cool, you know, cool new factions. And, you know, there's only a handful of factions that I started out with, but I have tons of ideas for, uh, other introducing other factions and, and other characters into the whole storyline. And, you know, if this, if this project gets funded, uh, which I, I believe it will, uh, I'm going to start developing a webcomic so that I can have an outlet to, uh, bring more of the story in and introduce more of those characters for people to get familiar with. Just like how Marvel had the Joe comic while the action figures were coming out. So it, it just introduced those characters across both paths. So that's sort of the, the, the game plan that I'm going with. So as long as it, it goes well and funds, uh, you know, I got my, my friend who's a great artist lined up. I got, you know, some good writers that want to help out. So uh, I can't wait to get into that aspect of, you know, uh, expanding the story spectacular man. i do have one question about the branding do sure. you think that steel brigade might outpace action force as a stronger signature <laughs> both of you would like that a lot wouldn't you 
We got Steel Brigade fans in the house. Oh, man. Yeah, it's like everyone knows that I'm like, uh, you know, an uber Steel Brigade fan. For anyone who doesn't know, Bobby is currently cataloging all the Hasbro-released Steel Brigaders throughout the world. I mean, it's your goal to 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 somehow pin pin down who they went to, what their specialties were, what their code names were. That's quite an undertaking, man. I've been uh, slacking a little bit with the Steel Brigade tracker site. Understandably, I've been, I've been, ca- <laughs> yeah, I've been cataloging everything. So when I see well, you know one on eBay or something like that that I can't purchase, uh, I usually take pictures of it. I write down the, you know, the serial number, what the the, the figure's name was. So this way, I can get back to actually updating the tracker site. And I, there's probably like 20 more that people have submitted and I bought on eBay and ones that I, I didn't get to, to purchase that I need to log into the site. But, um, but yeah, going back to steel brigade, when I knew I wanted to kind of purchase, uh, the action for trademark, you know, I looked up steel brigade and it was available and I was like, wow, I could, you know, I can actually own a trademark, for my favorite Joe and put it into my line. And then I, I toyed with the idea of calling the line steel brigade. But then I thought, you know what? No, I like the the depth of character that I have, and I, I wanted to keep Action Force and make Steel Brigade, you know, its its own sub team, just like how they were, and you know, be able to offer it just like it was in the eighties, nineties, with the personalized file card, with the patch, with the cool figure that's unique. Uh, so I just, you know, I, I toyed with the idea, but ultimately kept it um, as as it as it is. So, you know. Uh, the thought was there, but, uh, you know, ultimately didn't go with that option. Well, speaking about the, uh, Steel Brigade figure itself, I mean, what a reveal. That is one hell of a design. You know, I, uh, I can't say I was ever swept up in, uh, the G.I. Joe Steel Brigade. Sorry guys, I'm one of those. But, uh, (laughs) what you've done in synthesizing both your aesthetic and some elements of you know, the classic Steel Brigade, like, faceless G.I. Joe-style troop. It's it's quite special. The tone of blue that you use, it's it's great. Anyone listening to this who is scratching their heads right now, yeah, where have you been? Um, because this stuff really demands your attention. It's it's an exciting new venture, and, and we're at the forefront of it right now, today. It was tough for me. It's like when I... You guys see my social media and everything. I, like, I share everything. Like, mm-hmm. I want everyone to know everything. So keeping Steel Brigade a secret was like, oh, it killed me for so long. Because I knew that I, I wanted it to be uh, released after the, you know, sometime after the Kickstarter started as the special surprise. So it was like only a handful of people knew that I got Steel Brigade. So just keeping it a secret was awful. So it was great to actually announce it. It was like this huge weight was lifted off me. And I'm, I'm glad that everyone has like loved it uh that you know i i had a feeling that was going to be a pretty popular figure but i'm glad <laughs> that people uh got behind it i i felt like it was a nice update uh to the figure without you know infringing on copyright and you know making it too much like the original so some people had asked oh why didn't i use the original color palette and that's because you know that would be like infringing on copyright and even though i just i own the trademark that's only the name so I had to come up with my own new design. And plus, I wanted to go with a more sophisticated color palette. I mean, it was, it was kind of that baby blue and that, that light tan. I don't know how well that would look. But um, 
you know, for those of you that yeah. wanted that original color palette, sorry, but I had to go with something new. But at Joe Fest, there was a lot of comments from people asking me if I was going to do a gold head variant. And I hadn't planned on it. But the more I got comments, the more I started thinking about it. I'm like, well, you know what I might do is if the, you know, the line funds uh, and I start doing I'll end up doing like all the conventions, the convention circuit. Maybe what I'll do is, you know, for a, you know, a year convention exclusive, maybe I'll do sort of a gold head steel brigade variant that I'll be able to sell at, as a convention exclusive at all the cons for that specific year. So I, it was cool to get those comments and then be able to, you know, have an idea to, to, to feed off that and, you know, plan for the future. So fingers crossed that everything goes well and I can end up doing a, a gold head steel brigade. Well, I do salute your timing on the releases. I mean, as I say, it's a, pretty much a textbook way to run uh, a Kickstarter that is linked to Joe because to have Joe Fest like right in the middle of it yeah. um, and, and such a well-attended one, unfortunately, we couldn't be there. <laughs> um, but this perhaps time. we'll make plans next time. Yeah, um, yeah, next time. Exactly. And to have the the mystery like Kickstarter exclusive figure revealed around the, around about that time. Nicely played, I must say. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, I don't know if, if this is the textbook way of doing a, a Kickstarter. Uh, there have been more successful ones at this point than mine, but you know, I, I had a plan and it's it's been going smoothly. But I knew, you know, once I, I committed to Joe Fest, I said, well, it would be really important to show the prototype figures at Joe Fest. So, you know, with the Kickstarter starting and then getting the figures painted and showing the Kickstarter and then announcing steel brigade then it, it all kind of lined up for me to be able to show everything um at joe fest and i had you know the prototypes on hand so everyone got to see them and you know i got so many comments about the you know the the images online look great but the figures in person just you know are, are so much better and, and you know i'm looking at them right now and it's they're, they're it's so cool to see them to see like the actual figures in person so i wish like I can like go like a traveling circus all around, you know, all over and just show people the, the figures and get them, get everyone on board uh, who is maybe on the fence. Uh, but, you know, can only do so much. Yeah, you can. Uh, although like that kind of harkens back to that old American salesman spirit. You know, man, maybe you do, maybe you're going to have to do that, but like maybe. you have the benefit of social media now. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, social. Yeah, social media is is crazy. And for someone like I was very anti-social media up until like I don't know maybe a year ago, and uh, now it's like social media has been so helpful uh, to be just to connect with people and just to share stuff. And it's like I could share things as I'm working on them, um, and then you know have these big reveals and seeing everyone's feedback. It's it's so great. Uh, you know, you can't put a price tag on social media. Oh, totally. No, what I wanted to say earlier uh, with regards to your gold helmet um, variant, uh, mm -hmm. I think it would be pretty sneaky if um, if you put them in randomly selected uh, backers, you know, fossils. And then yeah. they get them and somebody's like, I got a gold head one. And you could start an, uh, essentially start a gold head rush. That, that <laughs> would be yeah, like the action yeah. figure Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah, that's – and actually on that very same theme of Willy Wonka, and this is actually a question I wanted to ask. How do you feel about competition at the moment? Uh, do you think uh, guy? Do you think Hasbro would would want to try and compete with you with this kind of branding? Uh, do you think are those rumors true about Hasbro doing a similar scale Joe figure to what you're doing? Um, and is there any threat like that that you have to worry about? 
Um, threat? No. I mean, I, they're they're too big and I'm too small, so I don't think either one's on each other's radar. I mean, um, you know, leaving Hasbro or having been laid off, I, I kind of want to, you know, mm-hmm. put, a, put a dagger at them, but uh, which is why I took a bunch of their their trademarks in the meantime. But no, it was it, it was more of a when when I was on the Joe brand. I was developing a six inch line and, you know, there's, there's no secret. Daryl's mentioned it before that, that, you know, the plan was to do six inch eventually. And I have no doubt that they'll probably do something for maybe, I don't know, a snake eyes movie or down the road, but you know, it was cool to actually have been developing a line and then knowing that it was kind of what people wanted and it would have been fantastic. And then to have it be canceled and then the movie pushed out and then the company Mm. not do anything for the brand. And then, to sit back and see them take this brand that built that company and then not put any stock into it was heartbreaking. So mm. that was a big, a big reason why I wanted to do something like that. It's like, yeah, obviously I couldn't do a line and call it GI Joe, but I wanted to be able to give them something that I felt that they should have had already. Mm. But Hasbro kind of dropped the ball. So it was nice that they haven't put anything out. So I kind of was, you know, hopefully we'll be first to market with it. Um, yeah, but uh, hopefully it starts a trend. If they do something, they do something and hopefully it's, it's good, whatever they do. Um, but you know, it's nice just being able to, to identify an area of the market, uh, for six inch military that, that didn't have, uh, an offering and be able to hopefully give an offering that people really enjoy. So, um, competition, no, um, you know, Hasbro's too big. My stuff won't be in mass retail like, you know, uh, Walmart and Target. Or at least not shit. Oh, let, let me jump in there just real quick. Oh, where was I going to go with this? <laughs> I had something. You okay, bro? It's, me it's, it's real early on the West Coast. <laughs> it is. It You're is. not a morning person. Well, it's real late in China, boys. Yeah, what? we got to at some point break away to uh, ask how you're doing out there. What's yeah. what's new out there? <laughs> nah, I don't know. That that can be no, for that's every... not interesting to the Western world. Oh, it's plenty interesting, I guess. But I mean, I was I, I wanted this episode to be focused on action force. But I suppose we can kind of um, I don't know. We can switch it up a little bit. Uh, China. Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> so I don't know if you're aware of um, the concept of bike rentals. But I've heard of this mad concept. Yes. Well, it's a, it's something that can't really thrive in a society that has vandalism or theft. But in a lot of Asia, uh, and perhaps Europe, I don't know, I haven't been there recently, but you can download an application, which then scans the barcode on a renter bike, which is just parked randomly on the street, which unlocks a circular ring on the the back end of the bike, which frees up the back wheel. And all of a sudden, you can tool around, cycle that bike around. You get 15 minutes free, and then thereafter, I think there's a nominal fee that uh, you're charged. But uh, it's just remarkable. They are absolutely everywhere, certainly in the the city that I'm currently in. And something that I'd like to ask... um, our American members uh, in present company, since you guys uh, obviously drive on the right, does that at all inform your pedestrian etiquette? Now, let me explain this. If you are walking towards someone and the pavement is rather narrow, 
Do you move slightly to the right or to the left? To answer your question, yes. Like I follow the same road etiquette when I'm walking. So if I'm in the mall or if I'm on the sidewalk, I stay to the right. And then it, it I think it's weird when I see people not following that same etiquette. And I'm like, which side do you drive on? Why would you not walk on that side as well? It's just, it's weird to me, but no, it, it makes sense to just follow the same, mm. you know, etiquette that you drive on when you walk and ride a bike. So it's just, and, uh, the West coast, Steve, Long Beach gonna especially be... too random. Uh, I was going to ask, is this going to be one of those ATM situations again? Um, no, it's just, I, I need to reset my brain. Just like, I mean, Paul, if you can recall crossing the street in the United States, you got to look <laughs> right, left, right instead of left, right, left. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, the, car, the cars closest to you are going to be coming from the opposite direction to what your your brain is, is, is telling you. But to be fair, I mean, that's very much an optional thing because in America, you like put your foot on the road and you hear <laughs> some car. <laughs> That's <laughs> like All right. like ten meters from you. Whereas I'm in barely, South Africa, <laughs> I'm barely remembering work. the question. I'm barely remembering <laughs> it. Um, you know what? I I do walk a lot of places. Is that what you're asking? I do stay on the sidewalk. I walk with traffic. Uh, we walk a lot. We're playing that new wizard <laughs> game, that new AR one. Let me ask oh, Bobby a Harry question Potter before one. it gets away from him. Yeah, I'll say this about the AR games that are coming out. They're teaching you to use AR. Play those games. Let's see. Uh, no, Bobby, like, as much as it is about creating something new, has this process of being an indie made you look at smaller markets to support? Like, are you less about Marvel now and more about the people in your network? Kind of like changing your thinking. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've always been a big supporter of Kickstarters. Um, you know, I've, I've supported almost everyone that's, that's launched. Um, because I, I, I think that's great. I always envy the people that were able to do their own thing, you know, because when I was at Hasbro, you couldn't do that. Uh, so now that I can do it, it's it's been awesome, like leaving Hasbro and having this creative freedom because being on Marvel was fantastic. I had, you know, a, an amazing six years on Marvel. But at the same time, you're you're working on someone else's license and you kind of have, you know, one arm tied behind your back because you have to conform to what the characters look like and what they want and that kind of thing. So I've never I didn't like trade one for the other. It's just kind of nice to not have to worry about submitting to a licensor and getting their approval. Like I'm my own licensor. I can approve whatever I want. So that's great. Uh, But no, I mean. You know, what, what Hasbro is doing with the, the Marvel brand is great. You know, a lot of the, the stuff that's out now I worked on. Uh, so I'm, you know, interested to see what will come out in 2020 because that'll be the first year of stuff that I won't have any part in. Uh, so I'll always, you know, look to see what, what's coming out. But no, I, I, I follow all, all the toy trends and everything that's coming out and seeing what people are doing. Uh, so it's, it's, it's great either way. I, I want, I think, when big companies and small companies survive, it's better for all of us. So, you know, what's what's that that saying about, you know, a rising tide, you know, floats all chips. So I don't mm-hmm. know how true it is, but, you know, it's it's good to see successful Kickstarters and stuff like that. It's it's unfortunate that a few this year, like the, the Marv and Unslain were two that I uh, wanted to succeed. And it was unfortunate to see them not succeed. So it. I hope 
this action force funds if it doesn't i think it'll be an interesting trend of uh kick you know toy kickstarters uh you know to see if anyone does them in the future because it might be there might be kickstarter fatigue uh you know a lot of people have been burned by companies that haven't delivered over the last couple of years and that, that puts a sour taste in people's mouths uh it could just be you know uh, just bad timing. You never know until it funds or it doesn't fund, you know, and you, you'll never really know the answers. But I think it's important well, for everyone to kind of succeed in a way, uh, at least the people that are putting out a quality product and doing good business and, you know, delivering on time. Uh, you know, those are the people that should, you know, be successful and should fund and should, you know, continue you know, flooding the market with great product, but the, you know, it's unfortunate that there have been some others that just kind of soured it for the rest of us, but you know, what can you do? Yeah, I fully agree with you on that. Um, like you said, like, you know, your success will make other people's successes possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think that the thing is right now, and, and I'm, and I'm scared of saying stuff like this at the moment, but I think the model of Kickstarter needs to change, or rather, should I say, I think, um, you know, when you look at what has been successful on Kickstarter, uh, is even with the video game or indie game world, uh, I think that we're going to start seeing more customized uh, crowdfunding sort of avenues for us in the future. I think, sure. I think um, if if Kickstarter keeps failing toy companies or toy makers, then mm-hmm. I think there needs to be a Kickstarter model that is based around toy makers. You know, like sure, absolutely. Well, let me. <laughs> Like like toy let me, let me speak or to something, it. you know what I mean? Like, you know, something like that uh, that has a model that is designed to maybe, uh, I don't know, that just feeds into to firstly the toy market for starters. Secondly, um, maybe can help uh, take the edge of you. You know, if you have to ask for like let's say four hundred thousand um, dollars, but this toy fund me model could actually come in at maybe two. They can back you with two hundred and fifty. Like, for example, they tell you, if you can succeed, we will give you the other 50%. Mm. That is also a way forward. But anyway, yeah, could you just go for it? Oh, no. You know, well, I mean, I'm sure at this point we're, we're getting so niche that this conversation is going to be interesting to about five people. But, no, I mean, I think, like, <laughs> at least on the Indiegogo side, like, I did a flexible campaign. So, like, regardless of if I met my goal – you know, I had a plan B or something. Do you have that with Kickstarter? Can you like, uh, do you have mm-hmm. a plan B like, okay, maybe it doesn't fund all the way, but maybe enough to create a two pack with some narrative like that? Yeah, no, if Kickstarter is like a, an all or nothing kind of thing. And, it, you know, Kickstarter is great, but it also needs a lot of tweaking. You know, there's a lot that I wish you can do differently on Kickstarter. So it's, it's definitely a model that I would like to see evolve. Um, but no, there's no, yeah, there's no plan B. Um, you know, so if it doesn't fund, I'll kind of have to go back to the drawing board and see, you know, okay, well, you know, can I get feedback on why it didn't, it didn't fund? Or well, is it because people want four inch and this was six inch? Like are, are Joe fans just not ready for six inch yet? Is it, would it help if Hasbro actually put out a six inch Joe line first and then I kind of piggybacked off of it? You know, there's, there's a lot of factors that, Unfortunately, you don't have the answers to, but it's yeah, if it doesn't fund, then I'll have to figure out if the, if this is something that, you know, is is what people want. And if it's something I'll, I'll continue to pursue. Well, I, I don't think there's anything I don't think there's 
it's not the wrong move to reboot it at some point. Like if there's a different platform that adds like a flexible funding, because mm-hmm. honestly, like I, I, we all probably consume content like daily, but there is people that only listen to stuff or watch stuff once a week. And I'm sure they would support people if they knew about their projects. So, but the legwork will always stand. And that's, I think the most important thing to pull from this. And at this point in the conversation, I'm going to make you choose your favorite child. <laughs> Is there one design that stands above the rest in your eyes? Can you? I mean, is it even possible for you to play favorites? Yeah, I mean, people ask me all the time. Oh, uh, really? <laughs> well, now we're going to have it on record, Joburg style. Good luck, Bobby. Obviously, Steel Brigade was very important to me. Uh, yeah. That was one where it was... I wasn't nervous about designing any of the other characters, but when it came time for me to actually work on the Steel Brigade figure, it was like nerve wracking. I was like, wow, like, cause this is like my one chance to like do this character justice. And it's a, you know, it's, it's my all time favorite Joe. So there was a lot of pressure on me to be happy with the design. But once I was really getting into it, it started to flow really well. Um, so Steel Brigade, I love, um, the two ladies, Eclipse and Pandora are fantastic characters. I, I love them tremendously. So I feel like they have to get unlocked because I really want to get them made. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I love them all, but yeah, if I had to pick one of the core five or, or the, yeah, the core five, it's definitely steel brigade. Uh, I got a special spot for bone collector. Um, mm. you know, Carrick was the first one I designed. So, you know, he's everyone's kind of skinny. Yeah. Right. Skinny's costume was amazing. Mm. Um, but yeah, the ladies are great. Um, but yeah, Steel Brigade is 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 definitely the number one favorite child. Cool, man. <laughs> I'm gonna back you up with Eclipse. Uh, just pouring over okay. some of the finer details, like the pattern that you got onto that scarf, that sort of head wrap. Yeah, that's pretty pretty detailed stuff. That is gorgeous. Yeah, I'd have to see if we can actually do that in production, <laughs> or we can try to get right on, man. That. Well, I mean, just on 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 screen, I'm like, that is, I've never seen that kind of just texture. Uh, I, I don't even think I th- think I've seen it in fabric, let alone you know on a on a sculpted piece of plastic. So hats yeah. off, dude. That is that is cool, man. That is ambitious. Thanks. And also just like the, the the fineries on her detail to her head sculpt, like she's got a braid in her hair. Like yeah. cool, yeah. really cool. <laughs> I mean, who knew you you knew uh, ladies' hairstyles so well. <laughs> yeah, that that also kind of ties into her backstory. Uh, okay. If you've read her backstory on you know Valverse.com, she is uh, she's Ecuadorian and Native American, so she has this very sort of um, exotic ethnic, ethnic background to her. And I wanted that to kind of come through in the design of the character. So I wanted her to you know have a you know the braid and you know the turquoise barrette that holds the braid, and then the her her shema that that goes around her neck and and her alternate head i wanted it to have a very native american pattern feel to it um so there's a lot of that that can be seen in that character so it all it all ties in fantastic man well i was i was going to ask just to make it like a little more general discussion because i do think this varies person to person but when you're thinking back to like the uh the o-ring series since you're all about accessories stuff like that what was your favorite gun to put? Did you have a loadout with your character, whoever it was? Did you have a couple favorite guns that just felt right? Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know if you guys have seen my, my social media, but I'm a, I, I've a, I'm a big gun owner, uh, so I got a lot of, a lot of cool uh-huh. <laughs> Um 
So I wanted to make sure some of mine got in there. Uh, but the the pistol that the action for the action force character's sport is based off of a it's called a Maxim uh, nine. It's almost like an integrated silenced pistol, and it looks kind of cool, like almost like a RoboCop gun. Uh, oh, so sweet. putting that in, I, I felt it's it's futuristic, but it's also modern at the same time. And so that was a cool one to get in there. And then the rifle that comes with Steel Brigade and, and Bone Collector um, is kind of a more modern update to the original uh, version D Steel Brigade rifle, which was, you know, like an M16 with a grenade launcher on it. So uh, the rifle that comes with them now is called an, an LR300 with an M203 grenade launcher. So doing a more updated version of that, that kind of throws back to the original figure was uh, something cool that I wanted to do. Um, yeah, but, you know, narrowing down the, the weapons that come with them, it, it was hard because I have just tons and tons of reference images of different guns that I want to put in there. Uh, so having to only pick a few uh, kind of stinks, but, you know, that just makes it able to put those ones with future figures. And then the weapons packs uh, have additional weapons that, you know, are made just for the weapons packs that, you know, don't come with any figures yet. So hopefully those get unlocked and I can have those get made. This way you can, you know, tack out your figure uh, with all sorts of gear and, and different rifles. Uh, is that, am I correct in, is my memory correct in that the Chris Victor or the Victor is in, is in one of those weapons packs? Because that's like the weapon I'm the most yes. excited about. I yeah, love that. The, the Vector actually comes with the Swarm Trooper. Yes, that's right. He yeah. does. Yeah. Yeah. He does have that. In fact, those are my, my two choices, like a swarm trooper and a steel brigader. If, um, when I, when I, when I throw some money at you, uh, you those go. are the two I want. So, <laughs> right. That swarm trooper is so much fun. It's just, it's like, I mean, I love the military stuff, but I always love it when guys lean towards sci-fi and, and just that little bit of, uh, like 10 minutes into the future kind of thing. And that swarm trooper yeah. just, well, yeah, speaks to me. So. Well, you definitely had my attention when you mentioned flight pack, that that would perhaps be mm. one of the potential unlockables. Yeah. I mean, a swarm trooper with a flight pack. Like, I don't know. I just think of Buzz Off from um, Most of the Universe. Like, <laughs> was that his name? Buzz Off? Yeah, I'm Buzz Off. I think guy. it's Buzz Off, yeah. But, like, didn't he have um, yellow transparent wings? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Anything yellow and transparent and possibly with a honeycomb design like blows my mind man it just looks so good uh yeah, yeah I'm, uh, i those those are going to be cool if we can get them made for sure i'm i'm just speculating i'm not penciling you into a corner at all like that's how it's going to look <laughs> but it would be cool i think people that played like battlefront 2 with the dark trooper i think they might gravitate towards the swarm trooper cuz you have that you have that jump offensive but short range on your weapon mm. um uh, here's just a personality question um Who's, who would be your fridge figure, your Sarge figure? If you could do a celebrity in your line, who who uh, would you pick? Wow. Uh, I've never been asked that. That's a Let's see. Who would I do? Um, so I wanted to do uh, – I'm, I'm a huge UFC fan, and my favorite fighter is Donald Cowboy Cerrone. And – he, you know, he's really good about like answering all his fans and stuff like that on social media. And I was like, oh man, I would love to do him as a, like a character in the line. So I, I kind of shot him a message, but I never, I never got a response. And, you know, I found out whose management company was, but I'm like, oh, I'm going to have to pay a 
ton in licensing fees and that that sort of stuff. But I would love to put, uh, you know, him in the line. Um, but I would also, you know, I want to do sort of the, the godfathers of G.I. Joe. Like, I would love to make um, a figure of uh, Ron or Kirk or Daryl, you know, guys that are just so important to the history of Joe, I think would be fun to put their likeness in there. But uh, yeah, celebrity, I'd probably go with Cowboy Cerrone uh, first, just because I, I just love the UFC. But um, I don't know. I, I could I'm probably not sure think, finds his Twitter. I know, right? <laughs> I could probably think of, of more, uh, you know, some some cool people. I'd have to, you know, go through my list of my favorite actors and stuff like that and see who would be cool uh, to put in there. Uh, you know, Tommy Lee Jones, I feel like should have a, a Joe figure or some sort of action figure because the only one he has, I think is Batman and Robin two face and that needs to be remedied. So I'd love to do it. A Tommy Lee Jones, <laughs> I, I got you on that trivia. I have a Tommy Lee Jones men in black figure. Oh, that's right. I forgot they did men in black figures. There you go. Yeah. In uh, Joe uh, scale, no less. Uh, okay. Men in black three, I think. Yeah. He got a better figure out. All right. All right. <laughs> Still, I yeah, mean, maybe they're yeah, hunted. Yeah. What was that? Hunted? Uh, what a great Speaking of uh, Steve just mentioning that, I wanted to find out, is the six-inch figure like more popular in the market, in the in the sort of consumer retail market, not the specialist retail market? Uh, uh, because Yeah, because yeah, you get – for retail looks at it like you get more bang for your buck. Like you right. could – you know, you could put a $10 – four-inch figure out there, or you could put a $10 five-point articulated six-inch figure out there, and they, the, the price value uh, comparison is much greater for six-inch. So being on Marvel, we switched everything over to uh, six-inch figures back in 2015 when I was working on Spider-Man. So that was kind of like the start of the six-inch five-point figures. We did these great Spider-Man animated figures, and then it yeah. just kind of snowballed from there. And now that's all you see is, you know, the, the six inch five point uh, superhero figures for 10 bucks just because it's it's the more economical figure and better for retailers, I guess, to be able to show that, you know. And, and here's my weird uh, insider question for you as well. Uh, how does it feel when your boss comes to you when you're like, for example, when you're at Hasbro and he goes, OK, uh, we need a Spider-Man motorbike or a Spider-Man sports car like. How does it feel to have to design that thing? Have you ever had to deal with that personally? Uh, yeah. how, how does the studio feel about stuff like that? You yeah, know, I mean, guys? that that stuff, I love when I get those requests because then it's like, what? I can break frame from what I'm doing. So I did uh, the, the majority of the product for the Black Panther movie, and oh, yeah. there, was, there was a specific uh, vehicle that was – it was like his flying jet but could transform into like – a giant robot panther. And when I, when I had China like do the concept model for it, like it came out exactly how I wanted it to is. And I was like, Oh, the studio's never going to let us do this. But we actually had a call with the studio and they loved it when we presented oh, the sweet. idea. So it wasn't that often. Like you can never do that on Avengers. Like for some reason, the, the smaller characters, they let you break frame uh, yeah. uh, with more. So with Black Panther, I kind of took these liberties and that, you know, uh, we there was a lot of costing issues with it. So it was a little dumbed down from the original model. But like I have the original model and it's just it's so cool looking and uh, it was so outside the box. So 
I love that when they came with those requests because it, it, it got my, my wheels turning. And I was like, wait, I get to design something really cool and I don't have to just follow movie reference. I could do like more toyetic stuff. That's always fun. Always. I'm very happy to hear that. And you've given me a, a whole new perspective on that stuff because <laughs> I mean, I, 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 and I'm a confession here, but I mean, when I was younger and I was buying more like Spider-Man stuff, you know, like the old toy biz things and whatever's. And I saw something like a, a Spider-Man sports car or a Spider-Man jet or something. I was like, oh, my God, really? You know, <laughs> I was like, who needs that stuff? You know, and then I would invariably always see it like my mom's friends, uh, kids who were much younger than I. They would have those things. And then I'd actually get to play with them and they would be pretty cool. They'd have some great features, but just yeah. not things that I'd want to own. <laughs> yeah, they were great. Like I grew up on, you know, Batman figures in the oh, early two. So like when Bruce Wayne had his custom coupe, where you could put the Bruce Wayne figure in and, and it then flips it over back and yeah. it turned into Batman. I was like, wait, this is great. You know, this is awesome. Uh, so I love gimmicky vehicle stuff like that. I used to love that like jet that he had and you, you make sure that he's hands on the handle and then you like uh, hit a button and then like flips over. Yep. Like he's doing like a kick. Yep. Um, I used to love that um, because I also, I had quite a, a big collection of uh, Batman, the animated series stuff. Okay. And yeah. I did stuff. <laughs> And I did end up buying a lot of those mad-ass vehicles. So. Yeah. 20 different versions of Batman. Right? Oh, oh I loved yeah. it, dude. Ninja, uh, Ninja Knight Batman, Lightning Batman, Hydro Batman. I still got some of those, actually. That, that's so that's cool. What I, that was the bummer about Marvel. It's Mar Marvel never, never let us do anything like that. Like, I wanted to do, like, a Neon Spider-Man or, you know, a Hydro Spider-Man or something like that. Like, because I grew up on Batman figures where he had a suit for every different scenario. And, mm. you know, we were never able to, like, do that kind of stuff uh, with with oh. the Marvel brand. We always had to stick to what the character looked like, which was a, kind of a bummer. Through a fortuitous turn in conversation, I think it might be the perfect time to introduce a good quickfire topic. It may oh, take damn. a couple seconds to... What? To pull up the images, but let's check, let's check out, uh, just, uh, from a designer perspective and just, I guess, what your taste is. The Invasor Wave 2 Snake Eyes, um, from, what's that toy maker that does that? Black Major. Yeah, let's, let's all pick one and kind of defend its merits. Uh, this, the Snake Eyes V2 repaints that they've been dropping. Do you have a link for Mr. Valor, Cooch? I don't Did have you? a link for myself. I'm gonna have to pull it up right now. <laughs> Snake Eyes Invasor. I love that. I like how that rolls off my tongue. I mean, Invasor. It's, it's it's funny that the the black major and red laser stuff. How when I was at Hasbro, it's like obviously I love that stuff. Like I have all the Steel Brigade versions that that they did, and uh, I think it's so cool that they were they were basically like retooling these figures and doing O rings of original figures, but at the same time. When I was at Hasbro, being a company man and being on the Joe brand, that's in that's hardcore copyright infringement. So Daryl and I were kind of looking at it like, wow, these are really great, but they're not allowed to do it. It was just it was against it. It was like illegal for them to do that. Uh, so I had conflicting feelings about it because I was like, oh, well, they're so cool that they do them. I was buying them. But at the same time, I'm like, yeah, you can't do that you can't tool up figures based on these designs exactly like the 80s figures were so then when i left hasbro it's kind of like well i don't have to worry about that anymore so now i can just love everything uh which is <laughs> just great but 
you know, the I couldn't remember if it was Black Major or Red Laser that was doing the Steel Brigade figures, but a friend of mine knew who was doing them and reached out to them for me because I have all the versions that they did, but there was still two versions I wanted. I wanted a, a Slaughter's Marauder Steel Brigade and I wanted a, an Eco Warrior Steel Brigade. And they got they got back to my buddy and they said, oh, we don't have those molds anymore, so we can't do them anymore. So if, if there's anyone out there that wants to take that over, do a Slaughter's Marauders and a, and a Eco Warrior Steel Brigade for me. But I think um, the, Snake Eye, yeah. the Snake Eyes figures are, are fantastic. Uh, it's really cool uh, how spot on those molds are and all the cool colors they're doing is is pretty awesome. Does uh does Hassenfeld have uh, uh, uh like a team of ninjas that he sends out to like execute people who do stuff like that? You know, no, they just have a legal team that'll send you a cease and desist letter. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then, and then it's thought- but it has tiger stripes on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then uh, if you don't follow the cease and desist, then they like take legal action. But normally they they go they send you that first, uh, and then uh, they'll they'll take the next measure if if you know that's the case. But yeah, there there have been definitely people along the way when I was at Hasbro on the Joe brand that you know you know Daryl had to shut down basically because they were infringing on on copyright. You know you can't use a design, you can't use a logo of something that Hasbro owns. It's just you know not cool. But at the same time, it's really cool that they're doing it because uh, they're making some some great custom figures out there. Well, having said that, do you prefer any of the Snake Eyes versions that have come out yet? Uh, color scheme wise, the, the neon yellow with the the black accents is pretty sick looking. Uh, that one I like a lot. That's my favorite too. <laughs> oh, Tiger Force in the house. Right? <laughs> Although a close second to that has got to be that Python Patrol Snake Eyes for me at least. Yeah, I think he looks great. Yeah, that's a good one. How about you, Cooch? I mean, if I wanted to play Contrarian, I'd say the Greedo one, just because it's so hideous. But that dog is poop brown. That does not work. Um, I still think that the purple one is probably the one that that most people probably want to get. I don't know. What are you thinking, Steve? I'm thinking I need a little bit more backstory to embrace one of these fully. <laughs> like, it's so undeniably the Snake Eyes mold. So, like, that'll always kind of have... Ninja Commander written all over it. And also, like, the accessories are unchanged. So, I'm thinking, like, I, I need one to basically be, like, the Night Creeper, not leader, I suppose, but, like, the Uber Night Creeper. Like, the top secret one. So, I would actually marry the top half of the purple, um, what are we calling these? Invasor, uh, with the Firefly-esque gray, uh, two-tone gray camo pants. So, like, I'd make a, a custom of a custom. <laughs> I love that You're name, cheating. Bezor. And he would he he would mix it up with my Night Creepers. Do I win? Steve, didn't we have, when we were growing up in <laughs> South Africa, didn't we have, like, mountain bikes or something that were called Invasor or Invader or something, and they were all, like, neon and shit? <sighs> or were you just on a mountain bike kid when you were... Scared? I don't know, dude. <laughs> I, I was in my room playing with my action figures while you were out doing cool things like skateboarding and stuff. And falling off my bike and shit. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You were one of the cool kids, Paul. Nah. Just one of the dirty kids. <laughs> Skateboarders. <laughs> Bobby, <clears throat> Flint, or Duke? Duke. Whoa! Yeah. 
Okay, good. Uh, I'm I'm with you there. I was a Duke. I was a Duke kid. I think because I had Duke, I didn't have Flint. Uh, right on. So you know, that's why. Did you get a mail away style? I didn't. I got him. I I remember exactly where I got him and how much I paid for him. I got him from a flea, a church flea market in town, and I got him for ten cents. I got him. Wow. I know. I know. Back in the day where, like, people didn't know the value of, like, collectible toys uh, before the whole craze started. So you can go to flea markets and buy G.I. Joes for less than a dollar. Uh, so, yeah, I remember getting Duke for 10 cents uh, out of a, a, a bin of Joes. And because Duke had eluded me, I saw him on a cartoon and I was like, well, I got to have Duke. And then I saw him. Obviously, he had no accessories or anything, but I, I cherished that Duke figure. Did, uh, did it disappear along the way or have you still got him in a place? Oh, yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. He <laughs> I'm I'm so, it's awful for me to like admit this, but like I was like a, a ter like terrible at like keeping things. Like I had friends that like kept boxes and kept all their figures pristine. It's like mine mine went in sandboxes, they went in creeks and all that stuff. So the only thing I literally still have from my childhood is my original Steel Brigade patch. I don't even have the figure anymore. I only have that. <laughs> Well, Bobby, the plastic we can we can replace, but yeah. there's no substitute for nostalgia. Like you've got the memories of yep. dragging that ten cent Duke yeah. through the the sand and the mud. Yep. So yep. that's awesome, dude. That's that's what we're all about, man. Nostalgia is real here. Nostalgia's great. Story story means everything, you know. You said it, buddy. What is your best figure and best vehicle? Can you play favorites when it comes to classic Joe? Yeah. Or or modern Joe like like is there a modern Joe that springs to mind when you think like mm, I like that figure the most? Uh, mo modern I think the modern club hit and run was probably one of the greatest mm. figures ever made. Uh, you know it also helped that Hasbro kind of started that figure and then the club used you know the the parts for it. Um, but like, did you uh, work on the builds for those? I know you did some for, for the FSS. Uh, I did like the last two years of club stuff. So that okay. that was before my time, and then if I were to go, uh, vehicle is is my all time favorite vehicle is the Rolling Thunder only because uh, I remember my sixth, uh, sixth, seventh or no sixth birthday, I got the Rolling Thunder for my birthday, and I have next to my Rolling Thunder in my my room here is a picture of me from my sixth birthday holding the Rolling Thunder, and the box was like big me. <laughs> Uh, so it's like, it's Excellent. like one of those things, it's like a story to go with, with it. So that's why the, the rolling thunder is, is very important to me. And no doubt your sixth birthday sort <laughs> of sticks out as like a highlight birthday yeah. of your life. Yeah. I mean, rolling thunder, that would, yeah, that would, that would, that would top out pretty high on, yeah. on, uh, best events of my life, man. Yeah. But I, I have like, cool, like memories of like Joe because my parents didn't have a lot of money, so I didn't really have, like, the big stuff. But I remember, you know, uh, me and my friends were riding our bikes, and there was a house probably at least a half mile from my house that they were throwing out a terradrome. And I literally <laughs> – I was probably eight years old, and I carried this thing. While my friend wheeled both our bikes, I carried this terradrome all the way home. You know, I, you know, it didn't have, like, barely any of its pieces, but I had a terradrome. So – you know, I have weird memories of, of cool things like that, getting Joe's second hand and 
things like that. So I, you know, was your friend just not into Joe? Like, how did you determine that the Terradrome was yours and he gets to push the bikes? Like, was it not pistols at dawn or like a knife fight or something? I think I just blew off my bike and just grabbed it as soon as I saw it. Bike ground rules, bro. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My little weird ass quick fire topic is a compulsive toy purchase uh, that is GI Joe related. So uh, you don't always end up buying it, but every time you see it, you have a knee jerk reaction to buy it. Like you, you kind of go, oh, oh my word, it's one of those. Oh, I've got one, but I want another one. Uh, so <laughs> for you, Bobby, and then I'll ask Steven and uh, Kujo. You guys have probably seen my Steel Brigade collection, but I, I kind of, I try to. I don't buy every Steel Brigade figure, but if it has the file card, because that's what you use to track them, if it has a file card, I try to buy every one. Um, a few have eluded me recently, but I would oh. say if you if you look through like eBay and found every Steel Brigade file card sold in the last like two years, I probably own seventy five percent of them. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 and it sucks because I'm driving up the price of them because I'm willing to pay more, but I'm also driving up the price for myself. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, yeah. but yeah, it's like, I, you know, I just got, I, you know, I just purchased three of them, uh, this past week alone and I got two while I was at Joe Fest. And then, you know, I have a pile of some other ones. So in my room, my steel brigade section needs to, breathe more so i need to start moving things around to make my steel brigade section even bigger because now i have i think i have something like 45 file cards and like 75 figures and like 30 patches something crazy like that i have to like count them all again but yeah it's like that that's my impulse is steel brigade stuff <laughs> i do have one quick fire that we can hit on the way out that has to do with cobra convergence but but before you do that what is your yes. compulsive figure <laughs> um no i i think i I'll, I'll finish by talking steel brigade i i'm curious i because i i don't know about the public at large i feel like baby blue is as much a signature of steel brigade as anything on the figure you don't see it that way or you just wanted to break away from it no, I definitely agree that that because yeah, the baby blue was in the patch, it was in a little bit of the file card, and it was on the figure. Um, but like I said, I didn't I didn't want to give Hasbro any reason to kind of come after me and say, "Well, you're infringing on copyright by making this Steel Brigade, even though you own the name, too close to what our original was." So that's yeah, why you're confusing the market. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So yeah, I well I I think uh, I'd love if if you know. There, you do have a plan B with this line. Uh, you have a plan A, you have a plan B. But if, uh, if it does come to plan B, definitely reach out to the community. I think, I think we can definitely uh, throw you some ideas as well. Yeah. No, I, I definitely plan on it. Uh, you know, uh, I, I love the feedback and yeah, if, if it doesn't fun and, and I need a plan B, it, it'll be interesting to see because there, I, a lot of comments I've gotten from people were, Hey, this is great. I love the designs, but I can't support it because it's not four inch. So, uh -huh. you know, um, I'm just wondering how many of those people are there. I would say, like, content creators drive the market, at least in G.I. Joe. I think the six-inch market is plays to the Instagram crowd. Like, yes, you'll always have the, the strength of the three-inch or three-and-three-quarter is that you can put them in your pocket and you can go low-profile if you're trying to be a cool guy and take action figure pics. But, yeah, I mean, I, I do think that there's – 
you, know, you can throw a six inch in your backpack. Everybody's got a backpack now. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where maybe the market's at is a little more detail, a little more scale, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And if you think about it, I mean, I look, I looked at it like to tool a six inch figure is only a little bit more than a four inch figure. So you're getting more bang for your buck with it. It's like, if you look at it, like, you know, uh, the dime novel legends figures, the, you know, the cowboys, yeah, uh, I saw those. I, yeah. My buddy, John, it's like his figures are 30 bucks. So are mine. But it's like, if you look at it, you get more from the six inch figure that's being offered. Uh, so I think that's, that's why the market kind of went that way. Um, you know, M- Marvel Legends and Star Wars Black Series helped a lot because they were able to show people what you can do with a six inch figure, like as far as deco and soft goods and accessories and posability. And, you know, it, everyone just kind of followed the trend WWE, DC, um, excuse me. So, you know, six inch just kind of evo- like, the, the the trend kind of evolved into this new scale of what it is. I mean, but at the same time, I don't think four inch is dead yet. I think four inch is dead for certain brands, definitely dead for Marvel, not dead for star Wars, but then you see cool things like what the Fortnite line is doing. Fortnite came out with four inch and six inch. So that's really interesting to see that they're doing both. You know, star Wars is really the only one that's doing both because they had an established, line at four inch and they kept it and then they just introduced this new six inch where marvel had three uh, you know there was never really an established scale with marvel and then toy biz blew up with marvel legends established six inch then hasbro got marvel legends went away universe came out universe was big because that was all anyone can get and then they got greedy and they said well we want to bring back six inch so we can have both and then one of them lost and it, it was three and three quarter so that lost out and then six inch just survived because of, uh, what Toy Biz had done previously. So it's for Fortnite to be a brand that hasn't been established yet to be able to do both. It'll be really interesting to see if they both have longevity, if they both survive or if one sort of kind of cannibalizes the other. Uh, you know, we'll see. Here in South Africa, we don't have the four inch or the six inch of Fortnite. We have those crappy two Two-inch inch figures. Uh, yeah. Oh, just the two-inch ones. Interesting. They're like they're a little shorter than Dino Rider figures, and like I'm sorry, but they are pretty crappy. And you know they are because they put four of them in a packet, and then they <laughs> expect parents to buy them. And I'm like, it, to me, that's just like, well, Fortnite's just cashing in. They're like, they they've covered it all. They're like, okay, third world countries are gonna get these. First oh. world countries are getting these. <laughs> you know? Oh, poorly. Feeling deprived, mate. I, I I feel deprived for the kids in this country. Let's put it that way. I feel like they deserve better toys. But well, hey, Action Force is available worldwide. So mm. everyone in South America can order Action Force and I'll ship it to them. Cool, man. That's good to hear. Oh, I saw that. I, although I'm going to try and ship mine to Bart or something in the States um, because oh, okay. it's just easier for me. But... Uh, uh, but Steve, speaking of, yeah. great segue, Bart Simon, we know you're listening, buddy, thank you for putting us into contact with this man, Bobby Vella, fucking legend. Yeah, Bart's, Bart's <laughs> awesome. Uh, um, did you guys happen to see the custom 4-inch Karak that he did? No doubt, man. That was very cool. <laughs> Bart's game is that was getting really... better and better, man. Yeah. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah, he sent it to me and I was like, oh man, that's really cool, but at the same time I was like, 
oh, now the four inch people are really going to ride me and be like, see, you can do it. It's so much better. <laughs> I, I, I can't believe I'm going to sound like Steven when I say this, but the reason I like four inch figures is because I can put them in vehicles. I really do care about that. That makes a well, huge thing. Yeah. I can tell you right now that if this project gets funded, I am 100% going to look into doing a vehicle of some sort. Yay. Because it's it's possible to do vehicles for six-inch figures. It is possible. It's yeah, a little I off. Said that. Yeah, it's proven that, yeah. Yeah, but that that's the plan. So, you know, I don't want to not be able to give people vehicles because I think vehicles are important, especially for a military line. Definitely, and I think when you unleash yourself on a vehicle, I think you will make it very toyetic, but also at the same time very collectible. You know, oh, if you know yeah. what I mean, like very adult sensible is what I'm yep. trying to get. At. <laughs> will yeah. that first vehicle be the hydro sled? That's what I want to talk about. <laughs> Worst Joe vehicle ever. Um, no, hold on. While you were doing your Cobra Convergence review, which this is obviously the premier event in fandom. Give me a break. HCC, thank you, brother. Cheers. I noticed one of the features, the hydro sled could be kind of banana boatish, because that thing on the front is a harpoon. You could stick a boat, and then you basically got a comedy skit where the thing keeps hitting wakes, and the eels are flying up in the air and stuff. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think, I think, it's not bad. I think after seeing what Steve did with them on Blazing Sands, I think the, the biggest mistake with the Hydra Sled is that it wasn't packed in with three eels. I think that was that would have been the, the sort of key to its success. Three eels and then just a, a line on the box that says, play with it in the ocean. And then it would have been totally cool, you know. Because vehicle does well, not float. Vehicle is designed to sink. That's amazing. Yeah. Steven, am I right in saying that tactilely it is one of the more satisfying vehicles to hold? Just the grid and all that. Oh, Cooch, you have a knack, my brother, of asking the most random questions. Well, hey, you guys reviewed it. It's on you. Tactilely, is it satisfying to hold? Well, it does fit the palm of your hand really nicely, um, but there's not a great deal to it. I mean, Bobby's on the money. That thing is... <laughs> Not not the greatest uh, thing to ever roll off uh, Hasbro's design sheets back in '85 uh, into the '86 season. Battle you know, Bodge. I don't know. <laughs> I I see it yeah, as yeah, kind of like barge. that skiff that's circling Jabba's barge. You know, you got the killer whale, you got the little skiffs floating around. Somebody's know. gonna fall in the drink. Okay, so it's a scout vehicle. Well, or as you suggested, Cooch, it's like you know for recreation around Cobra Island. You just hook that up to your your moray, and uh, Put a <laughs> you got fun for days, man. Yeah, Actually, yeah, I'm going to renege. That's not the worst vehicle. I think the Buzzbore is the worst vehicle. Not the Buzzbore, Bobby. I love the Buzzbore. Oh, you're a Mopod man? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> well, no, because the Buzzbore spawned that awful Mopod. Yeah, no, that thing is crap. Oh, wow. That's like, it belonged in the Turtles. It shouldn't have gone into G.I. Joe, personally. It, to it absolutely belonged in the Turtles, for sure. I just remember seeing that uh, in toy shelves when, when we started getting some movie Joe product here and then going, well, I'm not buying that. You could do like a Tremors type thing with the Buzz Boy. Yeah, I, I can I can enjoy that. I think I the, know, buzz not the worst. Board, it's not the worst. I think... I think, to be fair, the only reason I like the Buzz Ball is because of the video game. Like, literally, that is the only reason I love it. And <laughs> and uh, when I got one in hand, I was like, this is such a cool toy. Because a friend of mine picked it up for me in Florida at a at a flea market. 
And I mean, the guy just gave it to him with a whole bunch of other stuff that he actually bought you for You can't me. even give that shit away. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, this is amazing. I just need the gun. I still need the gun for it. But other than that, it's cool. I dig it. Rob's got one too now. So we, there's actually two buzzballs yes, in G.I. Joe books. So we miss you, Rob. I'd say that it seems like there was like a retrospective uh, influence from Mars of the Universe happening with the 1987 series of Cobras. Yeah. Just from the vehicles and the characters. You know, a guy in a bird suit, uh, a vehicle that burrows under the ground, a vehicle that hops. You know, these very, like, kind of... <laughs> they, they're, not, they're not plausible. They're caricature. You know, they're like battle bones or what's that dragon thing that tilts and kind of rotates around itself. I mean, like, just, toys for toys' sake. Colorful, exciting things to play with. You know, that preferably fit in one hand. Uh, anyways, uh, I'm going off script at the moment because I think uh, that's a wrap on 148, gentlemen. Wow. How did we get you this quickly? Anyone uh, with any closing words? Uh, thank you guys for having me. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bobby. Thank you for your support. It's such Again, a pleasure, man. Um, you know, meeting you guys at, at, at Joe Fest, at Joe Con last year. Was that last year, year before? Uh, it was yeah, awesome. Uh, 2018. Yeah, you guys were able to make it out there. So, you know, meeting you guys was great. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me on and talking action force and supporting the, the campaign. Yeah, cheers, brother. Least we could do, man. It seems like something that's said often, uh, but it, it, it is always going to be true of any convention that there just isn't enough time. No. I think you and I finally had words on the last day within the closing hours. It's just like, yeah. Ah, man, if only one could kind of freeze those moments and just stretch them out a little bit more. I know. I think I came up to you very um, hurriedly asking you, like, I'm just about to buy a Mauler. I need to know one thing. And (laughs) you're the kind of guy who would know this. Does it have a left and a right grenade launcher? Are they the same mold or are they just sort of – is there a left and a right or is it a duplicate on both sides? Yeah, there is a Mauler. Right. Yeah, there is a left and a right, but I think – I think at the time, maybe, maybe, maybe you were thinking about something else, but I think yeah. you said that <laughs> they were the same. Oh, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay, Bob. Yeah, That's but okay. to be fair, I mean, like, it was uh, quite a weekend. When you brought us the the trophy on that Saturday evening, uh-huh. uh, and and Steve was going to come and join us, I mean, Steve had literally hit the wall. No he was, way. He was broken. Uh, he was I hit the wall, broken. but it had something to do with the fact that uh, Cujo had. Um, Allowed me to sample some of these uh, incredible. Um, what were they, Cooch? <laughs> like cough My lawyers are saying I can't comment on that right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. It was uh, can- cannabis is obviously a, a growing market. Um, no, I think they were like little like gummy, like I don't know, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Where was I? Okay. You, you, you're just First, the kind of person my mother warned me about. You just, you know, when that, when your parents say, "Don't take candy from strangers." <laughs> no, I. It is. No. Uh, yes, we were very responsible. That's what's important. I did need a good night's sleep, and uh, man, I slept like the dead. <laughs> well, I, I think uh, if Joe Fest goes down again. I think what's cool about the Joe community is it's always a couple of steps ahead of everybody else, it seems. So the communication between the community and the brand, like, it's really stark. You notice who's not moving as quickly. And one thing I'll say about Steel Brigade is that 
the people that like Steel Brigade, they always move fast because they have very little ego. You know what I mean? Like that's what that's what I fell in love about the Steel Brigade. It's like you can put that helmet on and you can be standing behind a politician. You can be listening to anybody anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh, your guard duty. Well, your guard duty on a celebrity today. So I think they always have. It's always rich storytelling because you're you're faceless essentially. True. Very true. Yeah, Bobby, thank you so much for joining us uh, tonight, or today, should I say, because we know how busy you are, we know how hectic this project is. I mean, as we've been chatting, you've been uh, working a little bit on some of the artwork. So, yeah, it's it's really cool, and it's something that we've wanted to do for a very long time. Uh, Actually, ever since we sort of met you at JoeCon last year, uh, we've been wanting to to do a show with you. We just needed the right angle, and Yeah. yeah... And I'm glad that we finally had the opportunity, and I hope that this is the first of many going forward, because... Yeah, me too. Me too. Cool talking toys with toy people, with toy makers. I mean, I said this to you at at the Pickle Barrel last year, uh, but you essentially have my dream job. (laughs) So... So, I'm going to always ask toy questions, you know. Always. I'm I'm always down to answer toy questions, because I love it. Cool, man. Outstanding, man. Well, toy fans everywhere, whether directly or indirectly, whether they know it or don't, they are lucky that there is a man called Bobby Valley in this world. <laughs> oh, thank you. So thank you for all that you do, man, and may it continue to, to reward and go from strength to strength. Later, dudes. Thank you, guys. <laughs>